2: from Knoxville, Tennessee. For the Tennessee Power Hour, it's Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network alongside Chad Withrow. I'm Jonathan Hutton. PK is joining us from Nashville as well for the hour. A lot to discuss leading up to kickoff tonight. Tennessee and Bowling Green. The SEC kickoff officially tonight on the Hill in Knoxville at Neyland Stadium. Jarrell Casey announcing his retirement from the league today. Paul was at that press conference and much much more. Chad, it's been a jam packed show, and now we actually get to talk a little ball.
3: This is one where we have not had a chance to take a breath yet Hutton this is the first time there's not been a large man in between you and I (laughs) well I take that back Clay was here he's not large right we had Kane in between us we had Brad Lampley we had Jeff Smith and other NFL offensive linemen we had Bobby Mays all large men now there's just this gap between us right now there's this space that needs to be filled that spot will be filled with paul koharski even though we won't see him
2: yeah the voice of paul koharski joins us from nashville paul first and foremost we hope you're feeling okay after a, a, a procedure today how are
1: you Boy, are very happy Hutton, that i am not in that space right now need me. you here um i am well <laughs> thank you good a uh, little longer a little longer this morning than i would have liked we went too deep instead of one deep, so twice in the chair.
2: Now, what does what does that mean, deep? You, you were texting us, we're going one deep, and Chad was like, what's he talking about? And I said, I think he's, he's talking about the procedure uh, with the face, but, like, yeah. was this expected or not expected? We didn't know if this was good news or bad news.
1: No, so what they do is they take uh, my doctor, uh, the woman. She goes in and takes the initial layer like uh, uh, she goes not as deep and not as wide as she might cut it uh, you know if she wanted to get the whole thing she she want to overtake too much of of your face out so she takes what she thinks might get it uh, minimal and then she goes and she tests it and then they come back to you and tell you if if the margins still have some cancerous indications or not the sides and the depth I come back in the room and they go, no, it's it's still positive, so we have to take some more. And then they take some more, and you wait for them to test that. You come back in hoping they tell you, yeah, we think we have it all. And so they think they have it all, but not to get into too much detail. She also got a, there's a, a mole under my skin right there. She got a piece of the mole also. And so since the mole could conceivably be cancerous, they send the piece of the mole out. They test the mole. So we wait for results on the mole. If the mole's not cancerous, they'll sew me up. If the mole is cancerous, they'll go back in again, take that out, and oh. then sew me up. Either way, I'll have plastic surgery, which bums out Simon, who wants me to have a scar because he thinks it'll be cool.
3: Oh, I'm not <laughs> laughing at you, but the amount of times you said mole, I just kept thinking about <laughs> Fred Savage. Mole, <laughs> mole, 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 mole. Do moles go on the inside too? Like this is news to me. I didn't this know is that medical either. news. I thought it was just always on the outside of the skin. I didn't know it went in.
1: Yeah, no. She said that actually a, a mole is much bigger inside than it is outside. So th- you couldn't really tell I had a mole there, um, but apparently there, it, it's uh, uh, it's like the tip of the iceberg, if you will, uh, a, a mole.
2: Paul, you'll love this. At least I think you will. So you know the story, the backstory. We've told this on the show. Chad and I, we bonded years ago, 15-plus years ago, while watching Real Housewives of Orange County in Phoenix, Arizona, at the Super Bowl. This was God, 2007. Right well, we were on a— Sorry, there's a, a little glare here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Put those glasses <laughs> Thanks, on. Sorry. We, no, were, no, we're good. we were a part of a, a documentary this morning. We had no idea, really, we were doing this until we arrived at the— the the shuttle chad drove from for two rivers ford us to knoxville this morning 2021 ford expedition they they mic'd us up cameras rigged in the in the expedition itself and it was me chad and clay where they filmed us for a reality show on fox nation this morning where we just told stories the entire drive down and I, i made the the joke while driving that this was going to make chad you know we were even going to grow even closer because we bonded over real housewives and we were discussing real housewives on the drive your thoughts
1: uh that's fascinating but (laughs) I, i i hate to break it to you but none of what you said or discussed is going to be on the documentary uh they film a lot and they use a little so uh, well, the producers I, I think who might be the, some B-roll.
2: The producers who uh, were filming and listening on the drive, and it was crazy. They were driving up next to us, filming the, filming the uh, the vehicle that we were in, all this stuff. They said they loved it. Did they not, Chad? They they loved well, the conversation. It was, it was
3: funny, Paul, because they were. We had the cameras rigged in the the Two Rivers Ford vehicle. To give another plug. But they were driving next to us on the interstate, (laughs) hanging out the window, filming the car, going. And so I would just randomly look over, and there's a guy hanging out with a camera, giving me a thumbs-up. Like, it's great. We're getting all of it. (laughs) Listening to our entire conversation.
1: Hey, uh, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's promising. But the more they get further down the pecking order the stuff you oh, think is yeah. fantastic at the beginning go
2: well they're they're micing us up for the tailgate after this show which is going to be crazy over next to Neyland Stadium and then the after party here in the VIP area at Uptown there's still time you can make it you can put up the, you can put Glenn Jacobs mask on for Kane and make it to the after party if you need to uh, it's going to be a blast here with OutKick360. You can join us on Twitter at outkick 360s, where you can follow us. If you're watching on YouTube, we hope you'll like and subscribe to the channel. Share on Facebook. Share on Twitter as well. Retweet the, the post if you don't mind. We're here until 5 o'clock Central, 6 p.m. Eastern, kickoff of Tennessee and Bowling Green coming up at 8 o'clock this evening. Paul, some big news uh, for the Titans today. Let's start with the roster, and then we'll go to the the yeah. man who retired, Luke Stocker, you said right before we came on, was just released.
1: And they did more than that. So they've put three guys on injured reserve now, short term inter- injured reserve. And three that we saw coming Darrington Evans, the running back, often injured. Marcus Johnson, who got hurt in the, uh, on a kickoff return or kickoff, uh, yeah, kickoff return in the preseason finale. And Daniel Munyer. Uh, who who I I think will uh, ultimately be cut from this roster. But right now they're thin at center and they'd have to injury settle with them anyway. So three guys to injured reserve. Luke Stocker cut. Nick DeZubnar, uh, who's making a reappearance, um, moved from COVID reserve to the active roster. Um, uh, Pretty amazing that a guy comes from... uh, A linebacker coming to the roster... Um, And and none of the DBs uh, who are, you know, those back-end DBs are special teamers. Uh, There's Obnar a special teamer, but he's not taking one of their spots for right now. He's taking Luke Stocker's spot. And two additions officially to the practice squad, Matt Barkley, who Robinson told us about yesterday, and the defensive lineman, Amani Bledsoe, who uh, people might remember from uh, last year or even earlier, who's been here before and was with the Titans as an undrafted rookie previously. Nick
2: DeZubnar, who was, he was signed the day that the Titans had the open practice in Nissan Stadium, the day before they traveled to Tampa Bay, he ends up making the 53 currently, which is, I mean, I know he was on the COVID-19 reserve list, but he's been activated. So for the time being, he's on the active roster after being here for about two weeks.
1: Yeah, I I mean, it certainly benefits him that they are are familiar because he was around last year. You know he's not going to play much inside linebacker. Though, uh, Hutton, we saw him line up an outside linebacker um, in the Baltimore playoff game up there, right, when they were just desperate for outside linebacking help. Um, And and he did a serviceable job when they were were just in trouble. Um, But doesn't doesn't play very much defense. Uh, Pretty good special teamer. And this gives them now uh, five inside linebackers, um, and so we'll see if they want to stay at that number. But certainly, all five—the two starters and then Monty Rice and David Long—all rank far, far ahead of him a- as defensive players.
2: What is their schedule right now? Are they practicing this weekend and, and tomorrow, and through the weekend, going into Week One, or is this a week? No. Is this a weekly regiment now?
1: Yeah, I think they are. Uh, I, I'm not positive about tomorrow. I think they're off tomorrow. They're definitely off Saturday and Sunday. Okay. Uh, I think they're in in for a light day on Monday. There's no player availability on Monday, as far as I know. Just, uh, just Vrabel will speak with us. And then Tuesday's a regular uh, uh, off day, you know, not required to be in. I'm sure plenty of guys will be in. And then, uh, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the regular practice week, getting ready for the Cardinals. And and I've got some stuff there from from variables conversation with the press that we can get into uh, as we go.
2: Yep. The availability today was with Jarrell Casey who today announced his retirement from the NFL. Paul, 10 years in the league, nine with the Titans. He played last year uh, for the Denver Broncos after getting traded uh, for the the salary cap purposes. Uh, At the time, whenever he was traded, we all speculated that they were trying to make room for Jadavian Clowney. And while they didn't sign Clowney immediately after making the trade, they eventually brought Clowney to town. And now 99 retires with the Titans, Darrell Casey, uh, earlier today. What did Casey have to say about the decision? Why was the timing right for him now? And what did he have to say about the Titans?
1: Yeah, he did get hurt in his third game in Denver. So he only had two games plus left in him after he left uh, left Nashville. And he was bitter when he left. You remember he was on the McCourty Twins podcast and talked about being thrown out like trash. Um, and he said today he, he was in Robinson's office begging him not to make that trade. Uh, and people sided with him there. I, I thought unfairly to the Titans. John Robinson got Jarrell Casey paid $11 million last year by making that trade. Um, they might have cut him, in which case he would have made something a lot closer to veteran minimum where he got picked up. Um, they treated him very well, Jarrell Casey. He got two extensions two years ahead of the expiration of his contract. Um, So as players often do of his stature, he came back. uh, He said about three weeks ago he called John Robinson and he went over there and he kind of made amends for for all of that. He he was happy. He said his body kind of was telling him. um, And, you know, he was a guy who got up to work out at 6 o'clock all the time and that sometimes he wasn't getting up until 7 o'clock. And some days he didn't feel like working out and some days he didn't work out, and that that was a signal to him that that he was done. Now, surely behind the scenes, another signal to him that he was done was that nobody was given an offer that he liked enough to go sign with somebody. But Gerald Casey has a lot going on in life, you know? He promised his mother that he would get his degree, and he's gonna go back to USC. We don't know if he's he's gonna commute to Southern California or do it uh, online. A uh, lot of charitable interests that he's involved in with his own fund and uh, and with some, some things he's been involved with. Um, he's going to stay in Denver. He said he's trying to convince his wife to ultimately come back to Nashville, but right now at least three years in, in Denver. Um, and it was great to see him again. You know, he, He's a very happy guy that brings a, a glow. Two guys, uh, boys, showed up in the room. Uh, Derek Morgan and Kevin Byard and Kevin Byard obviously had to be excused by Mike Raven uh, because the Titans are doing some kind of work though they're not practicing Uh, they were in the room Uh, Byard when I took a picture of Byard and Morgan watching the press conference Byard was filming Casey talking or getting ready to talk which I thought was pretty cool
2: PK with us from Nashville as we broadcast live in Knoxville, Tennessee, and Bowling Green tonight. We're talking about Jarrell Casey's retirement today from the league. Paul, I mentioned this earlier in the offseason that veterans like Jarrell, veterans like Delaney Walker would have a decision to make financially because if they wanted to continue the career – and there was a report out a couple months ago that Jarrell Casey had, was mulling over a couple of offers. Now, I don't know what monetarily his minimum would be going into year number 11 – But with salary caps dropping across the league for every team and structurally them having to manipulate their roster and cap just to get guys into camp, it was going to be a a situation league-wide where players like KC, players like Walker and others, I'm just relating it to the Titans for this discussion, were going to have to play for a cap figure and a number that would be much less than probably what Jarrell has made annually over the last five years. Um, with just the money that he's earned on that new contract and beyond, and you know, you, you have to decide whether or not you're willing to do it under a year or two, contractually, or if you turn in the the, the paperwork for the retirement. I, I haven't heard anything on Delaney's end from this, but I, you know, now now it seems as though C- Casey's made that move, and I don't know his health situation, but I can only assume that if the reports were true that he was getting some offers that they weren't very lucrative.
1: Yeah. He said his body was giving him signals. I I mean, I would imagine for every guy, there's a number at which you're at least tempted. But, you know, he basically said, "I, I wasn't going to, um, to force it to make a couple extra dollars. He, he, he did have two contracts after his rookie deal as a third rounder with significant money. Um, you know, his wife is a successful, uh, successful person in, in the—I think she's a lawyer, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, she is. Um, they've got two young children who were there uh, making a racket and having a blast. Um, so, uh, you know, he said uh, something—I'm paraphrasing, but something like, you know, you didn't want—we talked all the time about not wanting the game to define me, but me wanting to define my role in the game. Um, and, you know, kind of offered a little bit of a concession. And a lot of guys, you know, have a hard time coming to terms with it. And Delaney, we've heard say, you know, the reason he wants back in is to, to get that chance at the Super Bowl. And Casey kind of conceded, you know, my goal was to, to get to the Super Bowl and uh, I, I didn't make it. You know, and t- today I'm, I'm kind of admitting, you know, I, I, I wanted to go and I, I didn't get there. Um, and so it's not going to, gonna push it and you have to kind of respect the guy that that's willing to uh to concede you know when it when it's over uh to go to robinson you know the bad feelings were from casey's side not from robinson's side and uh so I, I, you know handled himself with grace as he did throughout his nine years here um didn't get to finish on his own terms and there are very very few people who do
3: Paul, well, the, the Malcolm Butler story in Arizona is a weird one. Uh, having covered him, how shocked were you to see that?
1: Well, you never know, really, about a guy's uh, personal personal story unless he shares it. And, you know, I don't recall Malcolm Butler sharing much about his personal life. So, And there haven't been any reports about what's, what's going on that prompted uh, his retirement. But you know it's not a short-term thing because teams are – usually pretty good. If you say, Hey, I, you know, somebody, you know, I don't want to speculate what it is, but if somebody's, uh, you know, uh, in bad health or, or whatever, a team would, would, would give you some time or let you, uh, be away. or there, there are lists that you could go on for, for a period of time if, if you needed to? So this would seem to be a longer term issue than that. Um, and, I don't know. I, you know, I would hold out hope that, that whatever it is, once there's some form of resolution, you know, that maybe right now he can't see that there's potential for him to come back to football once there's some sort of, of resolution. But that maybe once there is, he can say, uh, well, it wasn't necessary for me to step all the way away. I could have, you know, step, stepped out with the potential to step back in and maybe we'll see him again. Or maybe that's just wishful thinking uh, on my part. Cardinals obviously have to be in a position where, you know, if they can't quote-unquote rely on him right now. They have to to be willing to move on. Um, And I'm not sure, Chad, the particulars of the reserve retired list uh, in terms of the ability for them to uh, bring him off of that during the season. Um, I don't know if there's any flexibility for that or not, but I hope there is, and I, I hope whatever it is resolves itself and we get to see Malcolm Butler again. But we're not going to see him on opening day here in Nashville, sadly.
2: Darrington Evans, Marcus Johnson, Daniel Munyer added to injured reserve. Paul, what else did did Vrabel have to say about the roster right now?
1: Well, he said it's going to be super flexible, you know, and uh, this is the beginning of that super flexibility. So. Um, I'm not positive it's three weeks or three games. I, I think it'll be three games for those three guys. Evans is frustrating. I know the fan base is very frustrated. I've started to work on a mailbag. People are asking me, you know, when is his roster spot in Jeopardy? I don't think his roster spot's in Jeopardy until training camp next year for a third-round pick at a spot where they, they need, need somebody. But the guy's got to get healthy and get himself out there where he can get on the game day roster and give yes. himself a chance to, to, to contribute. Um, you know, Marcus Johnson is a guy that can contribute, you know, in a lesser role. Mike Herndon, you know, uh, it was funny. He tweeted out, it's true. You know, we've all spent the last six weeks furiously debating these wide receivers whose primary job is going to be to high five and chest bump. Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, uh, if all goes well, right? Yeah. Um, they're going to have bit parts, and some of them are going to be scratched. Um, so, but that's, sure. that's the story for the last six weeks, because A.J. Brown's practiced only some, and Julio Jones hardly at all. So we were, we were diagnosing what we had to look at. Mike was, Mike was part of that, too, but he's right. He's not, he's not wrong.
2: Paul, the balls are favored by 35 and a half tonight over Bowling Green. It's up Green. to 37 now. It's up to 37 now. Chad's already said he's taking Bowling Green and the points. I took Bowling Green at 30, plus 35 and so a So go half. ahead and load up in the Koharski household. Make a little cash tonight. Take Bowling Green and That's the points. a giant number. Two it giant is. A number.
1: number.
3: Too big.
2: It's the too last big. time they were favored by this much was against Austin P in 2013. Butch Jones' first game. Yes, they covered. They did, yeah, that game. They covered that game the offshore accounts i don't know
1: (laughs) i feel like i can invest my money elsewhere perhaps this evening
2: Um, i'll be sending you the parlay we won the parlay last night yeah
1: or or make a couple pennies on the money line
2: there you go (laughs) hey enjoy the game there uh I'm, i'm eager to get your take tomorrow on the tv broadcast and what you notice from watching it on tv chad and i will be in the stadium tonight
1: Big night for US soccer as well. I know you guys will be monitoring that very, very closely in El Salvador. Oh, yeah.
2: Hey, uh, I'm going to make USA, uh, I'm going to make them a part of the parlay, I believe. Nice. Yeah. Let's do it. Not El Salvador.
1: Send it to me. I somehow didn't bet last night. We finally won one, and my account's sitting there at the same number. That was really bad by me. Really bad. I have a lot of parking yesterday to pay for, and I didn't help myself out.
2: Uh, I'll send you the parlay. We'll, we'll bet it and win the night together. I'll kick 360. OK 360 is what you type in at Fandle.com slash OK 360. Paul, be well. We will chat tomorrow.
1: Hey, enjoy that smooth ticket entrance and that, uh, those uh, easy concessions on my behalf while you think of my fate on Saturday night in Nashville. We'll be we praying will. for you, Paul. Yes, we
2: will. Enjoy it, man. Be Good well. See you. See ya. PK has been our guest in Nashville. Chad, uh, we've had a jam-packed show here in Knoxville. 30 minutes left. And coming up, J.P. Aaron Sibia is yeah, about to get Yeah, we've gone
3: basketball. We've gone football with Tennessee. We're going baseball next. J.P. Aaron Sibia, part of the Miami Marlins broadcast. Vol legend in baseball, former Major League player. He's going to hop on with us.
2: Stick with us as we lead up to kickoff. It is Tennessee and Bowling Green tonight from Neyland Stadium. You're watching Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. We are back, uh, final half hour of the show, live in Knoxville from Uptown Bar and Grill. Alongside Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Great checking in with PK uh, momentarily there in Nashville, getting the Titans update. Back in Knoxville now with another VFL, uh, major leaguer, now a part of the Miami Marlins broadcast team, J.P. Aaron Sebia, friend of the show, the first time you've been on with us in person. It's great to see you, man. Thanks for stopping by
0: because like you said we've we've obviously talked quite a bit but never have have the opportunity to be in person
3: it's fun to have you here Um, you know it's it's odd that the first time we talked to you is at a football game uh, based on <laughs> all the baseball that we've talked with you. But uh, you obviously played here. We're, we're a great player. Went on to play in the major leagues. Um, and now you're coming back for a football game tonight. We've kind of talked about the energy around the football game in Knoxville all day. And it always amazes me that Tennessee fans seemingly continue to get up for the team no matter what's going on. And I didn't feel a lot of energy for this team in the offseason, but here we are, and I've felt a lot of it in Knoxville today.
0: Well, there's nothing like it, right? You talk about SEC football, you talk about Tennessee. I remember when I came from Miami, uh, to my when I was my visit, my official visit, I remember walking around thinking, wow, this is what real fans look like. This is what a, <laughs> an actual atmosphere of college football is supposed to be like. And then, like you said, I And I think all
3: baseball coaches use those football weekends for recruiting visits. Oh, yeah. So but, you were up in the fall.
0: Oh, yeah. You're coming up. Football you're coming up in a football game a big f- I came for the Florida Gators, actually, a Florida Gators game, and uh, it was obviously electric, but like you said, I think this is one of the, the most amazing fan bases that I've ever been around, where this is a team, new coach, everybody obviously, I think there's been some struggles with this program for a little bit, but optimistic and everyone's uh, showing up, and there's a lot of people walking around.
3: So you're a part of the Miami Marlins broadcast. We've talked to you about that. Let's talk some baseball with you since we have you here. Hunt and I are both surprised the Braves are doing this right now. You, you weren't as surprised. Um, I look at their injuries with Acuna, the situation with Ozuna, uh, Soroka, and I think they should have been sellers the trade deadline. Instead, they're buyers, and they immediately shoot up to, I think, what, six games or seven games ahead in the division at one point. It's down to three now, but it's pretty amazing to see what they're doing.
0: Yeah, well, one thing, Alex Antopoulos, uh, my old general manager with the Toronto Blue Jays, he goes goes for it. And when you start to look at the division, right, that division was not a good division. I mean, the Mets were literally in first place, but they were just kind of like puddling around. And you started to look at run differential, right? So obviously scoring more runs than you're giving up. The Braves were in third place at one point with the highest run differential. So you knew that at some point... They were going to start moving up that ladder, and I think that's where you start to look. And then, like you said, injuries, outfield, everybody goes down. They add a ton to the outfield with Duvall and Peterson and Soler, and then they add Rodriguez to the bullpen, and you have a Travis Darnot who just got back, almost like a trade deadline pickup. And then you have Ian Anderson who's back, and Charlie Morton has thrown the ball well. So, listen, that that infield is insane. I thought that I was in on the Braves watching them. I knew that at some point they were just going to kind of run away with it but the Phillies are making it interesting
2: what so the bad blood between Miami and Atlanta like I'm picking up a pizza in Murfreesboro Tennessee two months ago and I walk in and the first pitch there's a you know Ejections, and I'm texting Chad. I'm like, dude, are you watching the Braves? Or-? I was in
3: Nebraska, and then I had suddenly tuned in on my phone to watch because Hutton gave me the yeah, heads up about what's going on.
2: Is it? Ju- is there just a different energy? You're on the Marlins broadcasting when you go to the ballpark, and you know the Braves are, are are in town, or you're in Atlanta. Just from a broadcasting standpoint, you know it's going to be high energy and just a crazy night, don't you?
0: A hundred percent. And what stinks is that Acuna goes down, and he goes down in Miami. But that's the main.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, that's the main culprit. Like everybody is coming after Acuña because Acuña is the one who's absolutely obliterated the Marlins. <laughs> they have bad blood. Him and Urena who now, you know, is not no longer he's no longer on the team, but Sandy Alcantara in the playoffs drilled him and and he has Sandy, what I love is they haven't backed down from the from the fact that they don't like each other. The one this year that happened with Pablo Lopez, first pitch of the game. I think that that was kind of a joke that they tossed him out. I, I mean, I, that was not intentional. It just That one just got away. But yeah. I love it because if there's any kind of bad blood, you're going to tune in, right? I mean, it's something I that I, I yeah. enjoy.
2: And you know what? I mean, I agree with you that it, w- that it wasn't intentional. I, I feel like the Marlins would have had someone up in the bullpen if that's the case, right? Ready to go. They were not ready. But... The the umpires. I mean, what do they say pregame to the teams? It, it, one pitch on the first pitch of the game, they're they're tossing a guy, even if it's not intentional.
0: Well, I think honestly, I think Snickers the one that kind of okay. helped that that process happen because. Cunha gets drilled, he starts going off, the the umpires get together, and then they chuck him, right? And then they throw Pablo Lopez out of the game. So I think Snicker gets a little bit of the assist of kind of, hey, look at what's gone on. How could you let this happen? Yada, yada, yada. And then you saw Don Mattingly and how upset he got because it's like, hey, we're not... If we hit somebody on the first pitch, do you understand how backwards that puts us? Because now you have to use your entire bullpen. And you have to use all nine innings for your entire bullpen. So now your bullpen gets crushed for the next however many games. If you're going to drill a guy, you don't drill him with the first pitch of the game. You get him your second or his third time up when there's two outs, nobody on. But to do it in the first pitch of the game, obviously, he's not it. But, again, I enjoy it. Just like I'm sure you guys saw Javi Baez and Amir Garrett, them go back and forth. Yeah. I mean... Baseball sometimes needs that little bit of entertainment to, to get people to, to watch because sometimes everyone says it's not, you know, they don't, not enough entertainment or it's too slow, but that fires me up. Who's you know,
2: the under-the-radar team right now that you think makes a run in the postseason? Or is it top-heavy?
0: Yeah, you know, it's just tough because, like the Giants, right? The Giants, for me, early on in the season, even when they were in first place, they asked me, did you think this is a legit team? I said, no, it's, at some point, they're not going to be that team but they've sustained it. They need the league in home runs, which no one would have thought. And they've done everything, you know, top to bottom, their lineup is long. The Dodgers are so tough because the Dodgers, yeah. <laughs> they're already insane good. And then they add Trey Turner and- The Max
3: roster Trey. doesn't seem fair to me. No, it's- I mean, the, the Braves as well, they've been playing, they just got swept by the Dodgers. And
0: I, I see that roster and that pitching sound thing, and this, it's an all-star team. Well, well that's, so when you say if there's any surprises, honestly, Philly's starting to kind of creep up. St. Louis was starting to make a little bit of a run on the wild card, but when you start to really look at it, the Dodgers are just Dodgers. I think if the Dodgers and the Rays, I just don't see anybody else yeah. playing in the World Series.
2: The Dodgers are so good, Chad. They don't even want Trevor Bauer around. It's not. They're not even. They're not yeah. even pl- considering no it. Yeah, one of the highest-paid guys. They paid 80 million not
0: to
3: show up. No, yeah, we'll no problem it. at all with them. <laughs> it, it, it really is incredible. Who do you like most in the American League?
0: The, the Rays uh, the Rays so I got to play in the Rays in 2015 and you know being in the AL East most of my career with the Toronto Blue Jays I always kind of wondered how they did it Yeah. and then playing on the team you start to realize their heads above I mean head and shoulders above other people and information and giving that information to players to get the best value think about how many guys go in the bullpen who are have not Armstrong struggled with Baltimore goes to, goes to Tampa killing it in the bullpen They just have a way of going, hey, Jonathan, this is the best way that you need to utilize your stuff. This is what makes you good. And I know you use your slider over your curveball, but I think you need to throw curveballs and fastballs up on the top of the zone. And... They are just good. Mm. They, Their lineup is so tough because think about how much they platoon, right? They have left-right matchup. They're very matchup-oriented, which is a page out of the Dodgers. Andrew Fried, or Friedman is is a Rays guy, but you start to see how they match you up when you play against the Rays. You throw a righty, they have lefties to match up. You throw lefties, they have righties to match up. It's just a real good built team.
2: J.P. and Sebia our guest as we broadcast live in Knoxville. We're going to talk Vols baseball in a moment. Is Major League Baseball maximizing
0: Otani right now? Are they doing enough? No. No. Why not? Because first off, it stinks because you have two of the best players on, on the same team, one of them who's been hurt most of the year. Now you have arguably the best baseball player, somebody who's dominating on pitching on the pitching mound and leading the league in homers. So you think about it. But what really kind of bogs my mind, or not bogs my mind, I think where it kind of stems from is it's on the West Coast, and so we're going to bed, and those guys are just starting to play, and unfortunately, if he was with the Yankees or Boston, the Braves, whoever, you know, where where most people can watch, but. You lose half of your audience being in the West Coast. It, it just really oh,
2: happens. But, see, I think, I agree with you for the most part. If he played for the LA Dodgers instead of the Angels, he think, would be I much bigger. I think the bigger. Angels are
3: a big problem with that. With the two guys you're talking about, with I, him in West Coast, uh, West Coast does plays a play a
2: factor. Yeah. If he was a Dodger, he would be all over ESPN every day.
0: Well, yeah, and but here's the thing: how many people? How many people know about Corey Seager? Kyle Seager. Corey Seager, excuse me. Yeah. How many people – Trey Turner, who's one of the best players in baseball, who's been on the East Coast, goes to the West Coast, but not yeah. not a lot of people. I just
2: And part of it is the Angels aren't good. Well, Chad, yeah. you pointed that out. I mean, well, they're I not in part the postseason.
3: Baseball's not great at marketing their stars yeah, also. No. I, mean, I don't know how many people knew Trey Turner with Washington, and he's a great player, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that's just a problem with the game at times. Well,
0: and I, I think one thing they started doing in the spring, which I thought was cool, was miking up guys and, and getting people more into games – um, I think, honestly, I think betting is around the corner, and I think that's going to make it a lot more interesting in the sense of right outside. I've, I've heard that you're going to be able to bet on games, and yeah. so I think that's going to be something that draws you know, fans. I, you just have to do – the game has to grow, and I don't, I don't think, like you said, I don't think Major League Baseball does a great job of really maximizing their players, but also other people have – like Mike Trout, he's, he's very adamant about going, like, I, you know, I don't care to – do things but Fernando Tatis he's he's a polarizing he wants to be out there and so I, I think it's just that also a generational thing as well
3: well as you know you're in Knoxville when uh, they just bring you a drink out of nowhere <laughs> um, Hutton and JP will take one too if you don't mind yeah
2: absolutely so
3: Knoxville. We'll, che- we'll cheers in the final segment yeah, cheers yeah. you
2: will um you mentioned football you you were here on a football recruiting weekend for baseball now it's baseball you know, baseball's going on and football's bringing their recruits in for the baseball weekend. How crazy is it to to know that's happening here in Knoxville?
0: I love it. I love it. Obviously for me, you know, watching the program, Tony Vitello. Yeah. You know, i He's on I the show it. tomorrow, by the way. Oh nice. Well tell him that I I spoke badly of it. I will. <laughs> yeah. Tell him I tell him my game. JP Aaron Sibia said you suck. Yeah, did a better job. Yeah, tell him. Hey, my how about game. win a game in the College World yeah, Series, yeah, Tony? Do something. <laughs> no, but honestly you start to you start to think about it and you know, they've, there's a, that's another program that's gone through its ups and downs and finally found somebody who understood recruiting at the SEC level. Because because I don't care what it... You have to get the right players on the field. And he's done that because you can coach guys and you can make them better. But we all know in the SEC, if you don't have your horses, you're going to be in trouble. He's recruited the horses. You saw Garrett Crochet didn't play a day in the minor leagues. Right. right? And he started to build this program. And for me, it's fun to watch games where there's fans and it's rowdy and it's like people are are tailgating for a baseball game. Because when I was here, we went to the World Series and we had fans, but I remember going to Ole Miss and Mississippi State and LSU and going like, man, these people are tailgating and they're flipping us off before we even get (laughs) into the stadium? Like, this is sick. And so to have that now in in Tennessee and for them to keep Danny White, to keep him, because that's another thing I've heard, Danny White is a dude that goes after He says, I just want to win. That's all he cares about is winning. I've heard unbelievable things about Danny White. And I talked to Tony. You know, obviously he gets extended. Hopefully that's the way it is going to be around top to bottom because I think Knoxville should be a place that dominates in all sports.
3: I think we can do a cheers. we got 10 minutes left in the show. Absolutely. As, we, uh, as we say thank you and uh, goodbye for now to J.P. Aaron Sibia. Cheers.
2: JP, good to see, you, man. Uh, Thanks for doing during, this. Uh, whenever you guys are done with the Miami Marlins broadcast uh, for the season, we hope you'll swing by sixth in Peabody in Nashville.
0: That is the plan. That is the plan. I'm looking forward to. Uh, for those that
2: don't know, he lives in Nashville.
3: <laughs> yeah, we want you to be our baseball, our playoff baseball correspondent.
2: Yeah,
0: we do. If well, you can, if you can swing it. Well, we we'll talk a lot
2: of Dodgers and Rays. Is this, yeah. a, is
0: this an on-air? <laughs> is this an on-air offer? Yes, it is. Yes, yes. <laughs>
2: Uh, on behalf of Clay, yes, it yes, is. Just safe, sold. All right, good. <laughs> and I'm sold. All right, yeah, on you the got, camera. You good got to it. see you, man. Camera. We appreciate you. Yeah, good thanks for, thanks for doing this. All right, Coming up, the 360 parlay. We're going to win some money tonight. Back-to-back nights on the parlay with FanDuel.com. That's straight ahead, plus a preview of Tennessee and Bowling Green. You're watching Outkick 360 live in Knoxville. Hang with us. OutKick 360 wrapping up what has been a jam-packed show with OutKick, with Fox and with OutKick 360 here in Knoxville, Tennessee and Bowling Green. Big shout out to Uptown Bar and Grill, Chad. They have been phenomenal all day. After party here as well for OutKick VIPs, OutKick 360 season ticket holders. We're going to be here before and after kickoff.
3: Yeah, big thanks to Nathan Queen. I see him over there. Thank you, Nathan. Uh, He was great helping us organize this. a terrific job and uh, what a host we've had the, the city of knoxville uptown bar and grill both been terrific hosts for us so far but hutton we're not leaving no well we're about to go tailgate from here we're going to shoot some things for uh, fox nation's documentary going deep with clay travis we're going to go to the game we're going to come right back here for the after party and we're, we're going to be broadcasting tomorrow from clancy's tavern in downtown Knoxville. Historic Gay Street. So that's going to be a lot of fun. we got a lot of cool things headed for you that way uh, tomorrow as well. Cannot wait,
2: Hutton. Let's wrap it up with the Outkick 360 parlay. Here's what I'm betting tonight uh, across FanDuel.com. I'm taking the Tampa Bay Rays money line and the Atlanta Braves money line. The starting pitching in our favor tonight in both of those games. I'm taking the Braves and the Rays on the money line. And throwing this in for Paul because we mentioned it at the end of his second uh, Team USA, Moneyline in the World Cup qualifier. That's the three-team parlay. Tampa Bay, Atlanta, Atlanta. And USA tonight in the World Cup qualifier. Um, let's go. Team USA, much better overall. It's time to win the parlay for two nights in a row.
3: And I, for one, am shocked that you did not pick one college football game tonight. Did not. But I think you got three winners right there. So I and like it.
2: You're also glad I didn't take Tennessee and give the points to Bowling Green.
3: i I took a parlay tonight. I believe I took Central Florida. On the money line against Boise State, I took Bowling Green, plus 35 and a half is where I got it. And it's it. now 37. And I've got one other college football game tonight also, and I forget which one I picked, but I picked a three-game college football parlay tonight. 16 games tonight. Yes. As you mentioned, a college football.
2: 16 tonight, 9 tomorrow. Big slate on Saturday, of course. Sunday, uh, Florida State, Notre Dame. Monday, Ole Miss, Louisville, in Atlanta. Jam-packed. Enjoy college football. And shout-out here in the final segment, a huge thank you to Lance. Lee, Jacob Swanson, uh, Levi Gibson, flat out got it done today here on site. David Reed, the chairman of the board, making it happen for us back in Nashville at the 6th and Peabody Studios with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. I've got one
3: more assignment for these guys, by Sleepy the way. Danny
2: as well. Well,
3: not, so. not just to get us ready to go tomorrow, which is going to be another challenge that they'll crush yeah. and knock it out of the park. I need them to figure out what to do with all these t-shirts that were sent here for OutKick because we cannot leave them on this patio, and I have nowhere to take them right now. So, you're welcome, guys.
2: Thank you. They carried the beer. Thanks here, for your service. And now they have a chore of carrying. Thanks them out. for your service. Big thanks to everybody for joining us. Back at it tomorrow, three o'clock to six o'clock Eastern. We'll be recapping tonight's college football action and much more. Check us out tomorrow across the Outkick Network for Outkick 360. Go balls.